This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And how you guys doing? Welcome to Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. This is the first segment. Don't forget immediately after this segment over on YouTube, we go right on to MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com with Chinatown, get all screwy and stuff like that. Continuing uh, with some history here, I wanted to cover the Sons of Silence Motorcycle Club, and I will be doing this for all the majors and the ones that had a lot of influence on the motorcycle club scene, but this is a special story that everybody should uh, know, especially the ones that are on the internet that preach, you know, we all need to get along, which is a grand ideal and all that type of stuff, which hopefully one day will happen. But you need to tell the story of J.R. Reed. When you talk about getting along, it was that man that was a visionary that started the Confederation of Clubs in Colorado. That was the springboard to NCOM. Uh, we used to call it the National Confederation of Clubs, but uh, now it's the National Coalition of Motorcyclists. But that was started by J.R. Reed with Richard Lester. Only thing I don't like with uh, the NCOM site, it don't mention J.R. But J.R. was, like I said, a visionary when it came to this. And he knew what honor was. He knew what respect was. And he knew all the way back when it was troubling times for motorcycle clubs how important it was to talk instead of fight. Now, there is a big story where in Deadwood, members of each club were lining up ready to go at it, and J.R. Reed walked into the opposing camp and had a sit-down all by himself. Uh, and I'm going to read you some of that stuff from the Sons of Silence website. But I want you to keep J.R. Reed in your mind as we go. Because, again, when you're talking about clubs getting along, there's men like J.R. that tried and was working towards that kind of stuff. It isn't something new. And I think that's the reason why I get upset sometimes when I hear that. It's because there are people right now with some great organizations trying to do just that. And without people having knowledge of the history of the scene, the players involved, the clubs involved, they don't put that out to you. Now, the Sons of Silence is one of the premier Midwestern and Rocky Mountain region clubs. This is a hell of a club with a lot of history behind it. 
it was actually started by a farmer and rancher. And remember when I always say it's these motorcycle clubs are blue collar. They're not these gangsters that law enforcement puts out there. Everybody knows there's bad batches within a motorcycle club. But it ain't the whole motorcycle club as a whole. And I'm going to say that over and over and over again. The Sons of Silence, for example. Bruce Richardson, also known as Dude. He started the Sons of Silence in Colorado in 1966. And, you know, I was doing some research and stuff like that on him. And it's amazing what I found with, uh, you know, you can go on Find a Grave and stuff like that. And it tells a little story about him. And what really caught my eye about the founder of the Sons of Silence was, in fact, that he was a rancher and a farmer. How many times could you hear something like that of a club starting by somebody that was a farmer? Somebody who knew what hard work was. That had to be up in the morning all the way until the nighttime and back up again. Blisters on their hands. Hard working men, the farmers and these ranchers were. They knew what a good day's work was all about. And it's something that everybody should look at. You know, going out there working hard, feeling dead tired at night, but knowing that you got something done. So when law enforcement comes out and says well a lot of these clubs are nothing but criminals you know you have steve cook that always talks about that from the midwest gang association where he's a sluck uh but anyway these are the type of men that are club members not your gangsters not like some of the people we've covered are there gangsters within the scene yes i'm not even gonna lie to you about it when you're sitting there, you got million-dollar houses, yeah. You know, people ain't stupid. But this is a man that in 66 founded the Sons of Silence, which would become a huge part of the biker rights scene. The motorcycle clubs that are part of these organizations are out there fighting for you. Even if you don't wear a patch, they're out there fighting for you. And that's why I say all the time, you got to support organizations like this. Uh, July 23rd through the 25th, they got their uh, convention in Iowa, which I'll bring up right now. I wish I could be there, but I got the rumble in the woods that weekend. Uh, they're going to have seminars Meetings, uh, it's at the Holiday Inn in Des Moines, uh, it says airport, so it must be the airport Holiday Inn, uh, you can reserve at 515-287-2400, uh, you mentioned NCOM, you get a special room rate, 
uh, pre-registration uh, must be received by July 15th, or you can pay in cash at the convention. Now, let's uh, go here. This was, uh, here it is. This is one thing that I was upset about was it was born on the 27th of January 1986 when motorcycle groups and leaders from around the nation met in Las Vegas, which is cool, but they should have said, hey, wait a second here, J.R. Reed, he was the originator of this ideal. But for those that don't know what the NCOM is about, uh, right here from their website, it's a unified voice to stand up for the rights of bikers everywhere. Not just clubs, but bikers everywhere. And one thing that really bugs the hell out of me is when law enforcement says an organization like this is nothing but for the one percenters to show their dominance that's not true that's 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 propaganda bullshit if you ask me and everybody who has any knowledge of these organization knows that and it says right here ncom does not impose membership fees or ask its members for funding instead 100 percent of the organization's monetary backing is provided by the aid to uh, injured motorcycles program and is associate uh, network of motorcycle injury lawyers which hey it's cool they're giving back and stuff like that uh back over to uh Bruce, though, a uh, beautiful headstone that the Suns gave him uh, August 22nd, uh, 39 to 2013. Uh, again, hardworking farmer and uh, rancher. Uh, there's his headstone right there. Beautiful headstone, man. The dude. I love that. Uh, and then uh, there's uh, he was U.S. Navy, man. That was beautiful stuff right there. U.S. Navy. You know, everybody knows I got this uh, soft place in my heart for military, but especially Vietnam veterans. Vietnam veterans are the ones that really took clubs to the level you see them today. That's where most of the history that started out with the clubs you know now was backed by those guys. Now, you had the Outlaws in the late 30s, you had the Angels in the 40s, Pagans 50s, and all other kind of clubs, and we're going to cover that. We already covered the Hells Angels. Uh, we're going to keep on going with that and uh, trying to give you new guys some information and some knowledge about the men who started the clubs that you look up to. One thing... Before we go on, in the comment section, you know, it's always funny. I tell you every time, no freaking bashing another club, man. So stop putting that crap in the freaking uh, comment section over at YouTube. If we're talking about one club, don't put, you know, go bashing on them because you don't like them and you go to another one. That's not what this is about. This is about the history of these clubs and, you know, the scene. Uh, now the patch, uh, you know, I haven't confirmed this, but they actually, uh, you know, everybody believes it's based on the Anheuser Busch Brewery logo, which, you know, I got to ask about that stuff. Uh, the chapters, uh, they're all over the United States right now, but mostly Midwest 
as well as uh, the West, like the Mount, uh, the Rocky Mountain region. So they got a lot of good chapters over there, and they're also in Germany. And one thing about the Suns was everything that they open is calculated. It's not like these other clubs that just want to go expand. No, they you know they do the hard work. They know what the hell they're doing, and that's one thing that I always liked about the Suns. Uh, but let's go to the Sons of Silence Motorcycle Club's uh, deal about J.R. Reed, man, because this is something that will really make you think about what a true one percenter and a man of character, a man of honor, man of wisdom is all about as you can see jr is on the right hand side he wasn't one of them guys that were big and burly or you had to be uh, a badass you know that's one of the things clubs really don't like is when you act like something you're not jr reed you know what he wasn't an enforcer type but he had the brains so for those that think you got to act like something you're not, you don't need to. There's been great men like him that were just themselves and they made a huge dent on their clubs and on the scene as a whole. These are the ones you want to respect because they were who they were. Uh, true uh, one percenter grit, and this is by J.F. Ware, it looks like, uh, and it's a good question. What makes him uh, a man a leader amongst men? He goes on to say education. Sometimes men can be taught to lead. Physical strength. Often. Intimidation can be used to force others to follow. But it is usually short-lived. Very, very damn good freaking advice here, man. That's why I love this article. Money. Many will follow a wealthy man, but paper or money is only paper. Once it's gone, the wealthy man is no leader no more. He goes on to say, so what is a leader made of? What is that special something about a particular man that will cause other men to follow him into the gates of hell? What is it that makes a man so charismatic that other men will, without a question protect him and keep him safe even at their own demise true leader right there true leader when men do that uh, a true leader has strength that comes from within which cannot be put into words true leaders are few and far between oh so freaking right there when a true leader is lost it is lost that is felt throughout the community like a rock being dropped into the center of a still pond and ripples touch every inch of the surrounding shore. The muck on the bottom is stirred up, and the pond will not be still again for some time to come. The worldwide motorcycle community uh, lost the true leader. This is when this was all going down. Uh, Leonard Lloyd Reed, known as J.R. DeMose Jr. to his close friends and brothers, uh, he died on June 20th, 2003 in Denver. He was born September 12th, 1947. He was a veteran 
of the United States Navy. Served during, uh, he served during the Vietnam era from 65 through 69. Hell yeah. That's how long he served during that Vietnam era. From 65, the start of it? Well, I think when all the advisors came in, or that was 63, but nevertheless, he served through 69, where that had to be one of the worst years, that in 68 for Vietnam. Uh, it says, following his service uh, to the country, he embarked on his life work. Uh, it talks about who his sponsor was, uh, Boston Bill, uh, where they ran a chrome uh, plating sh uh, shop in uh, Colorado. Uh, he employed JR as a buffer. He began bringing him around uh, the motorcycle club. Uh, then uh, President Rowdy uh, Ralph told me, as soon as I met JR, I knew he was uh, something about him. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just knew. I could see his potential, and I knew that he would be a great man one day, and that he was, man. It wasn't a, he didn't disappoint. Uh, they patched him in the summer of 75, and it was lo uh, not long after that I had to beat feet out of town. Uh, it goes through all their internal stuff. Uh, but Rowdy Ralph related a story to me that I believe illustrates the true grit that made the man who he was. Now, here is the story, and it's going to blow your mind away. This was in the late 70s. Now, remember, the 70s were tough times, man. The 70s, it was hard freaking core not like it is today and if you watched some of the past history videos you'll see that Sturges rally was nothing more than a couple of hundred motorcyclists in the town of Sturges yes it wasn't the 500,000 a million freaking bikers like it is today it was only a couple hundred back then uh in those days, the town of Deadwood is where the real bikers hung out. Uh, toward the end of the week-long party, two ro uh, rival motorcycle clubs were facing off in town, uh, downtown Deadwood, while 300 or so members took up position on the other side of the street. Now you got two clubs facing off right there in Deadwood. Uh, and this was only about 60 feet apart, he says. At the time, it was suggested that some of the members on both sides might have been armed in anticipation of the pending uh, conflict. Law enforcement was nearly non-existent. There was less than a dozen cops. <laughs> you, you imagine that? A dozen cops, and here there are 600 freaking bikers ready to go at it. Uh, he puts out like a scene uh, from the movie Tombstone at the OK Corral. Now, here is what makes him a legend this is a legend right here uh without informing anyone jr made his way to the encampment of one of the clubs he went alone with no backup uh jr felt that showing up alone was his best chance to make headway he showed up alone by himself not telling anybody a damn thing Later that evening, he told Rowdy that when he went in, he was sure he was not going to come out. 
This wasn't a big burly biker, man. It wasn't. But he knew he had to do it anyway, otherwise his worst nightmare was going to become a reality. And till this day, according to their website, uh, nobody knows for sure what was said or how the message was delivered, but before one fist was thrown, before one fist was thrown, before one shot was fired, the word came trickling down the line on both sides of the street that everyone was to pull up and go back to camp. The next day, the two sides headed home. You gotta be an ah. An ah of a man like that. Here are two motorcycle clubs lined up, ready to go at it. And here is a man that didn't tell anybody anything, went into the opposing camp, and did what he had to do to get the situation calmed down. It goes on to say he was instrumental in the formation of the Coalition of Club. Originally started to provide legal representation for members of motorcycle clubs. JR took the coalition down a slightly different path. And I believe that is the initial vision that hopefully is being followed. I, You know what? I can't speak for it. All I can do is try to promote the good that they do. But I really do hope they got JR's initial vision. And that's what they go by. Uh... JR believed that the most important function of the coalition should serve is to promote communication between the clubs. That's what everybody says now, isn't it? That's what people promote. But it was this man who started it all. And it still continues to this day. Communication between the clubs. It's not a new type of ideal. Regardless of what you hear on the internet, it's not a new ideal. It's been happening. That's the problem with people that have no ideal about this kind of stuff. They think it's all new. They think they got a movement going. No, there's been a movement since the 80s on this. Long freaking time it's been going on. Uh, he believed that if various motorcycle and organizations could communicate directly, that many hard feelings and conflicts could be avoided. Like others, Reed believed that many of the conflicts that happen between motorcycle clubs are instigated by people from outside the club itself. So, when you're out there making these comments on social media, many of the times, it's your you idiots that do this kind of stuff, that instigate stuff. It builds up. Till finally, the rumors go out of control, and next thing you know, everybody's pissed at each other because people that think they want to put in some kind of uh, deal or their opinion... It gets out of hand. That, and it's worse now because the internet. It wasn't bad back then. But 
he goes on to say law enforcement agencies gain ground by creating conflict amongst the clubs. Still happening till this day. Uh, it goes on to say even after JR handed over the NP position to his successor, I couldn't help but call him boss, meaning no disrespect to the current boss was the only thing that I ever called JR. Uh, man, and this uh, shows the Lost Brothers that they have on their website. Lots of guys, man. And that's why I get pissed off when you have guys that just get their 1% patch handed to them or people just start up clubs and say I'm a 1%er. This is the reason why. These are the guys that fell. These are the guys that put the work in in the 70s, the 60s, everywhere. They're the ones who did it. For example, here's their lockdown brothers. And if you want, you can take a look. They got a JPay on here, I believe. Uh, you got guys serving time in the joint right now. These are the true one percenters. The ones that remain quiet. The ones that don't speak. If they want to talk to you, they're not going to do it on the internet. They're going to do it in person. That's the way everything started out. That's the way it's supposed to be. You know, how else could I say it? That's the way it's supposed to be. So, the Sons of Silence were huge in starting this biker rights and motorcycle rights uh, movements because it was under the guidance of JR. And I can tell you, every time you meet a guy who's a Sons of Silence, they're pretty uh, cool-ass freaking guys, man. Uh, that aside, though, what they have really done uh, with their work with NCOM and all those other type of stuff, it's really unbelievable. And that story about uh, J.R. Reed is something that every guy should look up to. Uh, I found him uh, right here, Leonard Lloyd, uh, J.R. Reed. Uh, he was uh, born in 47 again, uh, 2003 passed. Uh, he's in Colorado. And look at the headstone, man. Uh, my God. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, you got uh, the patch in the middle, the national. Uh, this is just, you know what? A lot of clubs do this, but it just means a lot more when you can see this kind of stuff. Uh, so I really uh, suggest you guys go look at the website. I think you'll love that stuff. I think you will get a lot of history from that website just like you will from any clubs but one thing that you need to do is maybe you need to stop putting stupid comments and bashing the other clubs and go look at the history of that club that way you learn a lot more about what you might want to be you don't need to go to channels you know, you got protocol channels. You know what? You don't need to go there. You need to walk up to them. You need to go to a graybeard. 
and just sit down, shut up, and listen. That's one thing I think has been forgotten with the new generation. History is so important. And now, you know what? That's why I put biker news on the back burner. That's why you don't see me doing it much. Like I said, we got HarleyLiberty.com that pulls from RSS feeds from the major newspapers. You want biker news, go over there. But there's so much to delve into when it comes to this kind of material. There's a lot of stuff I didn't know. And you're never going to stop learning. I'm telling you, if you become a student of the lifestyle you want to be a part of, it's just going to blow your mind. It's going to open your eyes to a whole new world. Not only MC stuff, but the hill climb history, the freaking uh, flat track history, the evolution of the different models of motorcycles, derpa, everything. Man, there's just so much to figure out. And hopefully you guys stay with us for the journey because that's what I'm really liking doing right now. And hopefully down the road I can get uh, some members to come on, talk about the history of their club. Screw all the politics and all that stuff. The history itself. So, what do you guys think, man? Leave me, uh, you know, comments in the comment section about this video. Uh, don't forget, we're going to go over right now over to MotorcycleMadhouseRadio.com for the second half of uh, Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. Uh, let me know your thoughts, man, especially on how JR just walked in there by himself and stuff. So, with that, I'll talk to you guys later if you're not going over to the second half. something just a little bit wild god now or never here it comes take yourself on a journey into the unknown yeah are you ready attention we came we saw we kicked it down this is good stuff i want to share something with you you're listening to motorcycle madhouse radio wmmrdb rockford and how you guys doing? Welcome to the radio part of Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem. I have China Dowson right next to me. She's looking all country girl right now. I wonder if she puts out like a country girl. Anyway, happy hump day today. How you doing, China? I put out like any kind of girl. You're just not putting out. <laughs> <laughs> Did you take your meds last night? You were having a bipolar manic moment. I don't think I did. Ah, uh, great. I fell asleep too quick. Ah. Uh, I was tired. You were tired, huh? I was tired. <laughs> now she's all freaking hyped up and all that stuff, but when she goes high, she's going to crash, let me tell you, and she ain't going to do it on air. She'll do it later on, and then Hollywood has to deal with the shit. Isn't this true, China Dow? Little bit. Little bit. Little bit. 
You know what? I'm kind of upset right now. Uh-oh. I'm very, very upset right now. I didn't do it. I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth, huh? Yeah, what I do. You know what? What? I was watching with you last night, Memorial Day. Come on, God, that movie's amazing. It is amazing. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime right now, and it deals with a kid that found his grandpa's locker box where he kept mementos from World War II, and he was given a chance to pick three items and he would know the story behind them. And looking back at that movie, because it's a, it's a heartbreaking movie right there. It's a beautiful movie. Today, you have complete disrespect for our history. What our men had to go through, our women had to go through. And nothing epitomizes that more than... This cocksucker in office right now canceling Rolling the Remember. Our Memorial Day deal, which bikers from all over the country, all over the world, come to and show respect for those who died. How does that make you feel after watching that movie? Because I thought it was pretty spot on. It royally pisses me off, especially for the reason being of what's going in its place. You had BLM that got theirs. Yeah. What is it with these people, and I truly believe this, that they are pushing socialism and Marxism on us? There has been multiple ex-commanders coming out saying how dangerous it's becoming right now. Congressman Isa introduces a bill forcing Biden to allow B.C. Memorial Day biker tradition. I am so tired of hearing about COVID-19 and why events can't happen but their hypocrisy and letting these... You know what? You guys want to talk about domestic terrorism. It ain't nothing to do with white supremacy. It has to do with these BLM jerks. And these Antifa jerks. Who don't... They cannot stand America. They hate it. They'll carry around these Soviet Union fucking flags. And wave them like they're God Almighty. These assholes weren't even born during the time we had a deal with the Soviet Union. They bash our military just like they did in the 60s. But the cancel rolling the remember, which is still going on, guys. They're going to still show up. Make sure you show up. Make sure you show up in mass to this event. Are you ranting? I am ranting because, you know, that was wrong. There's right and then there's wrong. And nowadays it seems like everybody wants to choose the wrong path. It makes me sick 
when, and it does, it makes me sick to my stomach whenever I see that hammer and sickle from that fucking Soviet Union flag. Everything we went through that these assholes don't know nothing about. These college kids. That's what these colleges are teaching our kids? God, I hope not. To hate your country? To hate your race? Everybody knows I ain't freaking uh, shy about it. I'm a white boy. I'm a peckerwood, man. That's the way it is. And we're going to dive into some pretty hardcore subjects today. Uh-oh. We're going to be diving into interracial marriage. We're going to be diving into taking steps and talking about the nasty choice of maybe having to put your mother or father into a nursing home. On this show, we go after the hard subjects. It might not make you feel good. You might disagree, but at least on this program, you can debate. You're not going to be called something uh, like a racist. No, that don't work on this program. You get called one all the time. Oh, you know what? And, and you I don't do, care. I don't give a you, shit. You feed off it. You're damn right I do. <laughs> and Isis said it's very clear that someone with a unique political bent said no to the event. Our military is be uh, our our military leaders are prescribing to this shit. And that's disgusting. I'm getting tired of this Black Lives Matter thing because what's... What, the rest of us don't matter? It has nothing to do with that. No, but I'm getting tired of hearing it and seeing it and looking at it. It's, well, that's it's, because... It's just as bogus as hearing about COVID 24-7. It's because people will not stand up and let their voice be heard. They're too damn scared that they'll be labeled a racist because they're a bunch of punks. That's where it comes from. And I don't care about All Lives Matter. That's stupid shit, too. What matters is we push back on the bullshit that these people are putting out there. After see, I, I see that movie affected you last night. I cried. I ain't gonna lie. I did. When you have a grandfather talking about certain items and all that type of stuff that he's seen and had to do during war. And it is war, people. It is war. You're there to kill the enemy any way you can. You have our military right now being so PC'd out if Russia or China ever attacked, we'd be fucked. Because you got a bunch of sensitive pussies out there. It's watered down. World War II was one of the greatest wars ever fought in human history. I think over 70 million people died. But they were men. Those 18-year-old kids, 19-year-old kids, they stormed the beaches of Normandy. They fought at the Battle of the Bulge. They killed. That's what we were supposed to do. Not this bullshit. Not for 
kids. And I blame it on our generation because we raised a bunch of pussies. Not for kids that run around talking Marxism and fucking communism or socialism. Do you know that Hitler was a national socialist? No. But you know I suck in history. He was a national socialist. But these cocksuckers don't know that. They don't know their history. Shit, they don't even know civics. So, yes, this story has been bugging the shit out of me. Them canceling, rolling, can't even use a fucking parking lot. Haven't they used that parking lot for years? 30 years since uh, Rolling Thunders. I can't stand these people. I really can't. Is there a divide in this country? You're damn right there's a divide in this country. People don't know hard work anymore. They want the government to give them money. When you to make more money on unemployment than you can actually work in, something's fucking wrong. Now, I have to, you know what? I always disagree with BD on politics. He was talking about you need $20, $30 an hour to make it. Well, maybe in your liberal-ass cities you do, like Chicago, Atlanta, L.A., but they forget it's the fucking Democrats that run the fucking thing. Yeah, Chicago has a higher minimum wage than we do out here. And it's their freaking policies. Yeah. But this is sickening. I would suggest to go watch Memorial Day and maybe that will give you an entirely different way of looking at this story about them canceling the use of the parking lot for Memorial Day. And I'm not big on watching like military kind of movies. You know, like the the only other one that I liked watching was okay, this is gonna sound stupid, but like Saving Private Ryan. That was a great movie. But when I usually when you watch the military kind of stuff, I kind of don't pay attention. But this one, I actually watched to its fullest, and I was, like, extremely into this movie. Like, I looked at you, and I'm like, can you find another movie like that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we tried, but we couldn't. That was amazing, because you know what? You usually are not into that kind of stuff. Like, at all. And because that one because just, I always sit there and I ask you all kinds of questions because I don't understand because it has to do with history and I'm not a history person. I suck at history. <laughs> I'm terrible at it. I actually didn't even ask you anything through this movie. No, you shut up. I did. And you enjoyed the flow because I think it was put on beautifully. The kid would pick one item and he went into everything. He went into that. complete detail on each item. Exactly. And the kid was, how this goes about, he was serving in Afghanistan, and he got shot, and the nurse was talking to him about all this shit. And that's how the story went. Yep. So I think you all, as bikers, for one, should be sick to your stomach with what's going on with Rolling to Remember. There shouldn't have to be congressmen and senators that have to push a bill to allow this event to go on. No. It should just happen like it happens every year. Those POW flags that you see flying, those were prisoner of war. 
from all the wars. There's still men missing from Vietnam. But these people won't respect it. Nope. Now, I just seen Graystar put up a deal about the gas prices. And right now, their favorite shit is pushing, well, it's springtime, the gas always goes up. It never goes up more than 20 uh, cents. Not around here. No. We're over a dollar fifty over what it used to be. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear that bullshit. Get informed. Get some knowledge. It's not because it's spring and summer. No, it's because of the policies. The minute he walked in to office, he killed eleven thousand jobs with the Keystone Pipeline because it was politically advantaged to do so. But now you people are figuring out real quick why you need a Keystone Pipeline. Because the one pipeline went down. And now there's gas shortages like the 1970s. Where's he to be found? Nowhere. And that was the topic of conversation at work last night. Every other customer that came in was asking whether or not I had any knowledge if we were going to run out of gas. Well, if this keeps up, oil prices are going to go through the roof. I think it's at $70 a barrel right now. And that's what the problem is when people say, well, it always goes up. No, they're regurgitating bullshit from the news, and they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Like, if we go back two years ago, yeah, gas prices went up. Trust me, I work at a gas station. It went up maybe five or six cents during the springtime, and then it would go back down. It would fluctuate. But this time, it's like every time I go into work, gas is going up. We're at over $3 a gallon for regular gas right now. Three nineteen when I left work yesterday. Where in January, we were at, a, what, $1.89, $1.99? Yep. So enough of the pushing the bullshit. That's the problem with tribalism is you're going to back wherever you want without getting the facts Mm -hmm. you get your facts from people like cnn come on fake news no it's beyond fake news the new york post did an article on the new york times they have lied their way through everything did you know the new york times says that and this was covered yesterday on other programs the new york times actually came out and said there was no gas shortages and there were no lines. They said that. Why people are fucking uh, park blocks to get gas. Mm-hmm. And it's people that listen to that kind of crap that don't know their head from their ass. They just want to keep making excuses. Trump bad, bad tweets. At least we weren't in them wars. Which brings me up to the next one. This is kind of like our news section. They are now thinking that this cyber attack on our gas pipeline coincides with what's going on right now in Israel with the bilingual. I'm talking they're tearing shit up over there in the Holy Land. They're killing each other over there. And everybody's saying, well, it's to test Biden. 
because every president that comes in gets tested. And he's there sleeping. That guy is not running this fucking country. He's more asleep than he is awake. You're damn right. And I don't think he really even knows what's going on in this world. No, he's a figurehead. He's just a face. And the one reason why they couldn't stand fucking Trump, and I love it where people uh, pick up who he's trying to be a dictator. You're spewing shit from MSNBC and at CNN. Grow the fuck up. Really. Grow the fuck up. They spewed a shit that these liberal fucking outlets push. Like there's no gas shortages. Tell that to people on the East Coast right now. You got inflation skyrocketing now. Guess what inflation is, people? That is when the prices go up on everything. Your dollar doesn't mean shit. Why? Because they want to pay more people money to sit their asses at home than to go to work. How do you guys that go to work every morning feel about that? How do you feel about uh, making more money than you just by sitting at home? It makes me sick. It makes me wonder why I go to work every day and bust my ass while somebody can sit on their ass and do absolutely nothing and collect twice as much as what I'm making. Mm -hmm. And it explains why everybody's companies are struggling as far as finding people to employ. Every place you look is hiring but nobody can get anyone to come in because everybody would rather sit at home on unemployment very good point why get a job when i can sit at home and make more money very good point point. and what happened to those days when you're on unemployment and you have to show proof that you're applying to jobs? they don't have to do it anymore because of covid because i'm sorry if you had to prove that you were looking for jobs you'd fill out that paperwork and you'd be lying through your freaking teeth because of the fact that everybody is freaking hiring. Like, everybody. You go inside any, even grocery stores, and they're more scarce on employees but than I've ever seen. But here's what they're going to say. Well, what they're making ain't a living wage. Well, you know what? I ain't going to pay the fuckers at McDonald's 15 bucks an hour because they can't even get my fucking food ordered right. So why should we pay them 15 fucking dollars? They always fuck up the order. Every time. And lately, that's not just McDonald's. It's everywhere. <laughs> I don't think I've gotten an order correct in a long time. Or the food's burnt. I guess uh, I'm on one of them moods because of that movie last night and this cancellation. Yeah, you're ranting. I'm a ranting. But uh, next segment, we're going to go and uh, talk about a hard decision that people uh, might need to make. We're going to go to Nickelback. I'm through I'm standing in line, the clubs will never get in. It's like the bottom of the ninth, and I'm never going to win this. Life hasn't turned out quite the way I want it to be. Tell me what you want. I want a brand new house on an episode of Cribs, and a bathroom I can play baseball in, and a king-size tub big enough for ten plus me. Yeah, what you need. I need a, a credit card that's got no limit And a big black chair with a bedroom in it Gonna join the mile high club at 37,000 feet Man, 
guitars My star on Hollywood Boulevard Somewhere between Cher and James Dean is fine for me So how you gonna do it? I'm gonna trade this life for fortune and fame I'll even cut my hair and change my name Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars And live in hilltop bosses driving 15 cars The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap We'll all stay skinny cause we just won't eat And we'll hang out in the coolest bars And the VIP with the movie stars Every good gold digger's gonna wind up there Every playboy bunny with a bleach blonde hair And we'll hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star Sign a raid body guys that love to beat up vassals Sign a couple lot of grass so I can eat my meals for free I have a quesadilla uh-huh. I'm gonna dress my ass with the latest fashion Get a front door key to the Playboy Mansion Gonna date a Santa phone that loves to blow my money for me So how you gonna do it? I'm gonna trade this life for fortune and fame I'd even cut my hair and change my Cause we all just wanna be big rock stars and live in hilltop bosses driving 15 cars. The girls come easy and the drugs come cheap. We'll all stay skinny cause we just won't eat and we'll hang out in the coolest bars and the VIP with the movie stars. Every good gold digger's gonna wind up there. Every Playboy bunny with a bleach blonde hair and we'll hide out in the prize. With the latest dictionary of today's who's who They'll get you anything with that evil smile Everybody's got a drug dealer on speed now Well, hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star I'm gonna sing those songs that'll bend the senses Gonna pop my pills from a best dispenser Get washed up singers writing on my songs Lip sync them every night so I don't get them Rockstar 
music, yesterday's hits. Dance in my car, non-stop music. Brotherhood and Betrayal is an in-depth look at the trials and tribulations of street gang and motorcycle club life. This isn't the run-of-the-mill book that doesn't get the goods. This book will go into detail of events that actually happened. All materials in this book have been approved by those involved. There is nothing poetic, nor is there any price worth paying for the life we choose to live on the streets. James Hollywood Machikari, Brotherhood and Betrayal. So how do you like the Rockin' with Hollywood and Motorcycle Madhouse Morning Mayhem show? Unbelievable. I love you people, I hear them a lot. They're as talented as anybody and any players anywhere. You're listening to WMMRTV Rock On. Oh yeah, man, how you guys doing? We are back. That was some kick-ass music right there, man. Kick-ass music. Uh, so I wanted to talk about something, and, you know, we all might have to face this one day. Very important stuff here. Uh, that and... Uh, you know what another thing that I, you know, I'll talk about that later because I don't want to put that in with this uh, but putting the elderly parents in a nursing home I think that is scary business yep they can go uh, this ain't a funny type of deal this is a serious type of deal it must be hard for especially if you're close to your loved ones to have to decide we got to put him in this situation because we can't handle it. I think every situation is different. Now, you know, our daughter actually worked in a nursing home. Mm-hmm. And she used to tell the horror stories of them just being dropped off. Nobody comes to visit them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of person does that. Well, I mean, if your family member, your loved one is in a nursing home, you know, that doesn't mean you stop visiting. Because, uh, yeah, she watched that happen, and this was, she was there before COVID happened. So during COVID, of course, there was an exception to the rule. But p- prior to COVID, she was working at the nursing home, and a lot of people would get literally no visitors. No visitors. So, so she would actually make it a point, those that wouldn't get visitors she would go spend time with them, mm-hmm. which wasn't part of her job. Now, what's but the she difference did. between a nursing home and assisted living? You know more about that part. Well, there's different and versions. And why do you know Th- that part? There's different versions of nursing homes. There is ones where you basically can do, like, okay, I'll give an example, like where my mom's at. She's at a senior living facility. There's different levels. You've got unassisted living where you can do everything for yourself. Then you got assisted living where you need help doing specific tasks, like bathing, cooking, those kind of things. Even getting up out of bed, you would possibly need help with. Then there's basically the next level after that would be the actual nursing home where they have to help you with everything. And then the next stage after that is actually hospice. Mm -hmm. So there's four levels inside of one specific nursing home. Everyone has four levels. There's four stages. I know this. Why? Because my grandmother lived in one in Schaumburg, 
and my mom lives in one in Bartlett. But she went in there on her own accord. Nobody made her go now there. Now, what made her decide that she wanted to go there? Um, well, my dad passed away, and after he passed away, the house was too big for her just by herself. She's up in years, and there's lots of stairs. So she, you know, we all recommended to get one of them stair chairs so that you can go down you know, in the house, on the wall, on the stair chair. She didn't want to do that. So she chose and was looking for a different place to live before she sold the house. And she found the senior living facility that she's at now. Now, Ghost just said he used to work at a nursing home before. Uh, He's seen a lot of folks die with no family being there or caring for them or caring to pick up the body. So the state has to take care of it. Yeah, what kind of true. shit is that? That's true. That's true. Very true. Our daughter went, witnessed a lot of that, too. And she got close to a lot of the the, the men and women that were in there. And uh, she would get heartbroken when someone that she spent a lot of time with passed away. Like the last person that she dealt with, uh, she got extremely close to in the couple years that she was working there. And this lady was like 102. Mm-hmm. And when she passed away, our daughter was heartbroken. Luckily for that lady, her situation, family did come to her side. But there were a lot that she witnessed that nobody showed. Well, in that movie Memorial Day that we were talking about earlier, he got Alzheimer's. Yep. And Which one is of, tough. Uh, the, Alzheimer's is tough, tough. Mm-hmm. Uh they recommend if they don't no longer remember how to eat, bathe, perform uh, other important type of deals. Uh, they're confused and forgetful. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like uh, people forget that their parents actually raised them in difficult times. It's not easy raising kids. No. But they go and fucking forget about your ass and well, that puts you in something like this. That's like when my dad passed, before my dad passed, uh... Between me, my mother, and my two brothers, I was the one that went to visit him every single day. And he had Parkinson's and Alzheimer's and dementia related to Parkinson's. So I got lucky. Yeah, he remembered who I was, but he remembered me as I was his 10-year-old little girl. Not somebody in their 30s with kids. You know, I would have the kids record their voices on my phone so I could play them to him. You know, so he could hear their voices, and he'd smile. He'd knew. He he knew. You know, but with me visiting all the time, I got. It, I think I got it a little bit easier. But there were times when you know he'd refuse to eat, or he'd forget to eat. So when I was there, I'd make sure he ate. You know, and he was struggling, especially because of the Parkinson's. You know, keeping food on his spoon and his fork. So I would actually feed my father, which to me made us bond more than we ever have you know and wow that was tough <laughs> that that was tough uh but it's extremely difficult when like my mother would show up and he would not remember who she was especially that's when, the scary part especially when it was their wedding anniversary and he couldn't remember that Shit, I can't even remember ours, so I don't feel for them. <laughs> July. I don't remember our shit. <laughs> uh, 
But it's it, it is tough. Uh, you just have to grin and bear it. Uh, and, yeah, but that doesn't mean you don't go visit. And, and you need to stand by their side because when they're going through that, especially with like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia, those kind of things, they're going to need you more than you ever needed them. 110%. They're going to completely need you more because they're going to need a familiar face. Yeah, they might not recognize you all the time, but you'd be surprised the little things that you do for your parent or your aunt or whatever that just the littlest thing will make them remember something about you. Now, I'm not saying people are bad for, you know, having to I mean, their... everybody has lives. Yeah. You know, and it is hard with somebody that has Alzheimer's. It, it truly is because that is an around-the-clock job. Mm-hmm. And depending on the situation, like with my... You know, my family situation it was too hard for my mom to deal with mm-hmm. so she, was it too hard for her to deal with or she didn't want to i gotta to be, throw on, that out to be honest with my mother she didn't want to she didn't want to deal with it after all the years that he gave her and yeah and how she never had to work a day in her life right. and he busted his balls for the whole entire marriage mm. supporting a family yeah she didn't want to. She could care less. That's why she was never there. And that's why I made it a point. And because of Hollywood, I was able to go there on a daily basis the last eight weeks of his life. Because mm. that was all the time that he spent in the... Between, let's see, hmm, between assisted living, nursing home, um, he was actually thrown into a mental institution for a week. That's pretty bad uh, because he had Parkinson's and stuff, and they yep. knew it. And what happened was is he had surgery. His bowels kept twisting. So they had to do surgery, and after the surgery, they screwed up his medication. The hospital did. They mm. completely screwed up his Parkinson's medication and his antidepressants and all his medications. They screwed it up. So it made him go downhill faster. Right. Now, they have some coping mechanisms because a lot of people that do care and they're not like them assholes who are not with them and don't visit them, don't pick up the bodies when they die, is coping with the guilt of having to put a parent in a nursing home. Mm -hmm. They say how to deal with guilt over nursing home placement Uh you got to. Re- they say the first one you got to do is realize that you didn't cause your loved one's illness or age-related decline, and they do talk about Alzheimer's and Parkinson's mm-hmm. right there. And you have firsthand knowledge of Parkinson's, mm-hmm. so what's that one about? Well, everybody knows Michael J. Fox. Mm-hmm. Luckily, he's still. Going strong. But he's getting pretty worse. He's getting bad. He does have Parkinson's. Muhammad Ali had Parkinson's. Uh, but it's like, that is probably way more tough because they, they can't, they lose balance easily. They can't function on a daily basis. When my dad was diagnosed, the first thing out of his mouth was, if I can't golf, it ain't worth living. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing he said when he was diagnosed. Right. I personally feel he was diagnosed way too late because he only had he only survived couple, like two years with Parkinson's. 
So I think he was diagnosed way too late, in my opinion, but that's on my mother for not getting him to go in when he needed to. Um, I, I'm the one that made all the decisions, even though I didn't have the right to. It was her call. Just like uh, when they said he's not going to make it, he needs to go into hospice care. And I was the only one at the hospital when they gave, gave me that, that option. So I had to call her and tell her he needs to go home. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not dying in a hospital. Well, that right there is another way to cope. Is you got to understand that professional care is often necessary. Yes, because when you are younger or you're middle age and stuff, you got to work, and like you said, you do got a life to live. But I just can't stand where people say, you know what, uh, uh-uh. uh. You know, they just I throw their hands up. They throw their hands up. Put them in a home, and that's the end of it. Put them in the home. It's the end of it. Uh, call, call if anything serious happens. Right. Yeah, and a lot of people do that. And a lot of people. I think that's kind of fucked up, especially when they took care of you all your life. Exactly. And it's not like you owe them it. You should feel inside that that is your parent. Mm-hmm. Your parent did everything for you. I get it. Trust me. I worked a full-time job cutting hair. I was raising two children. But with Hollywood's help, like I said, I would go to work, I would go to the hospital. Or I would go to the hospital, leave the hospital, and go to work for eight weeks straight. Mm-hmm. Because that is my father. Mind you, not biological father, but it didn't matter. No, he, there he are a lot of me. there are he a lot of people me. that I think need to put a, uh, aside their beefs that they had and really take care of the people that uh, took care of them. But this is all a hard decision, yeah. and hopefully, uh, this segment really makes you think uh, that there ju- are help out there. And don't just throw them in any home oh hell no do your research on where they're going that's another thing man visit don't don't do it over the phone literally go in and visit the place get a tour of it look it over so you can see well you know what the kind of care you're there they would be getting what you just brought to uh happy gilmore Mm. when the the grandmother has to go into the nursing home and there's that uh orderly being a dick trying to make the the abusive yeah that's what you really got to look at you got to look at the state record see if there's any complaints any lawsuits because you don't want to just dump and dump and go dump and go you don't because let me tell you some of these nursing homes they're disgusting and they don't get taken care of there's been numerous and i'm not going to name any because i don't off the head know any names of any of them but there are lots of nursing homes out there that if they're in assisted living and let's say they can't shower, ain't nobody going to come help them. No. No. So if you're not keeping tabs on your loved one and going in and checking on your loved one, that loved one might possibly, if you just threw them in any old nursing home, might not be getting taken care of, might not even be getting fed, might not be getting showered. You don't want to be lazy on that part. No, you need to do your research before you make that kind of decision because it it's going to be a, it's like one of the toughest decisions you got to make mm-hmm. for your parent and yeah they raised you you may have had all your differences in the world when you were growing up 
You might have had many differences with your loved one. But let me tell you, when it gets down to that end of it and you're deciding on a, a home, everything else is just going to not even matter. What happened when you were growing up, this happened when, you know, we didn't get along. That's going to just, like, be gone. It's going to be gone. It's not even going to matter anymore. Very true, man. Very true. Uh, so hopefully that segment right there uh, helped you guys out a little bit if you're in that situation where you might be facing putting a loved one in a nursing home. I think it's very important, like she just said, to research, research, research. And understand, just don't drop them there and just go about your way with uh, forgetting about them and stuff. So we're going to go into some uh, music break right now and we'll be right back and talk about a real tough subject.
your non-stop radio station. While the others are talking, we're already playing the music. This is the radio station with more ears than listeners. Oh yeah, man, that was some good music right there. Yes, our prayers are going up uh, to harm up there. Uh, we'll keep you updated on his uh, condition, Donna. She really uh, is close with him. So uh, hopefully we'll get some good news soon. I was going to go into the next segment about interracial marriage. We're going to hold that off till tomorrow because we have run out of time here on uh, the show. Uh, so, But uh, thanks for joining us, guys. You can hear the replays over on this or on uh what is it called the uh, fuck i don't even know what it's called anymore spotify <laughs> and iheart and all that bullshit man i lost my train of thought man that's pretty fucking bad ain't it uh you got alzheimer's you gotta go in a home yeah i don't want to live like that right <laughs> you don't want to live that way anyway we'll talk to you guys later bye